Hello, and welcome to this limited series for business owners, leaders, and managers called Life Skills for Leaders, where we discuss the mental health and well-being issues that impact us at work. I'm Dr. Lillian Nejad. I'm a clinical psychologist and founder of Skills for Life Courses and Coaching. And I'm here today with my co-host, Daniel Hakeem. He's the CEO and founder of Cub, the Club of United Business. And we want to support you to support yourself, your colleagues, and your business. So let's get started. You're listening to episode five of Life Skills for Leaders. Today, we're talking about resilience. I reckon after, like, I, I've done, I've had that many conversations with super successful people. It's basically my job at this point. And I reckon the most important thing that every single one of them has is a huge amount of resilience. Well, resilience is extremely important um, because it's not, and it's not just about being able to, you know, deal with stress and bounce back from challenges and adversity. It's also about being able to face positive opportunities and challenges as well and to be able to learn and grow from those experiences. Yeah, I, I just think that it's the most common the common thread in that some people are extroverts and socially good can say speeches. Other people are like um, sit in their rooms and play with computers and, you know, but and they can both be successful. I use two weird examples, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but both those people need resilience to achieve great things. I've never met anyone that has achieved something great that does not have – a great amount of resilience. Not once in my whole life. So my question is, <laughs> what, what, how would you describe it and how do you b- strengthen your resilience? Well, so the way that I would describe it is um, resilience is the ability to deal with the ups and downs of life um, by coping with it effectively, by being able to approach those challenges, um, knowing that they can achieve what they want, achieve their goals, and also be able to approach things without fearing failure, Um, knowing that failure will give you an opportunity to learn and grow as well. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too that, um, while I said super accomplished people are very resilient, and like I've learned in this series, everybody has the power to both be very resilient and also at times have a low resilience and, and feel feel weaker in that sense. We don't use the word weaker here. We use the word <laughs> um, less mentally healthy in terms of resilience. Yeah, look, I would say that's absolutely correct. I think that um, people uh, can be really resilient in some situations and circumstances and, and not in others. I actually was at a, a mental health like charity function a few years ago and they had a few speakers there. And one of the speakers was Grant Hackett, you know, the Olympic swimmer. And he was talking about his um, mental health challenges and how, you know, imagine like being an Olympic athlete, right? So you have to be extremely resilient to do that. You have to be, you know, the discipline you need for one, just to do that much training, but also to compete all the time and suffer failures on a regular basis. Um, and so he was very resilient in that circumstance and situation. But he, I don't know if you remember that there was some well-publicized um, kind of like a meltdown that he had in public. Um, 
And he was talking about that and that being a result of his relationship breakdown. What did he do? He cried or is, did he get drunk? Actually, and, not. Is, is he the one in the hotel room that? I'm not sure where it was. It might have been on a plane or or it could be somewhere in somewhere yeah, in public. He broke down. Yeah, somewhere in public where he wasn't happy with how he behaved. And Ooh, um, I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what he what he said was, though, which I think is what we're talking about, is that he wasn't resilient in that part of his life. He didn't know how to deal with a relationship breakdown. And that can be the same, you know, for everyone, that sometimes we can be really resilient professionally, but not personally. Or sometimes we're very resilient with personal problems, but not with professional problems. Yeah, and it kind of sneaks up on you because you, like, sometimes I'll feel invincible and feel like nah, nothing can get in my way. But I feel like humans are very unaware of how they can feel very quickly. So like you could feel like a champion, be like, yes, I'm unstoppable. And then the next minute you're like really sad and you're like, what the, what, how'd I get here? Like, I just felt amazing. Like, it's kind of like you don't realize, it's kind of like you forget that you can feel bad. And maybe that might be sometimes because it might be a different area of your life. Like you're saying, or sometimes it could just be that you feel bad in that area. Well, look, I don't think resilience means that you never feel bad or that you never feel anxious or distressed. It's actually being able to feel those ways and still believe love the process that you will cope no matter what, and then you'll get through it no matter what. It's loving the process of life. Yeah, I think that um, there look there are a few things that you can do to build your resilience, and I like to like think of it as support, self-belief, and skills. So, um, they've, you know, obviously done a lot of research on how resilience is developed. Um, we're all born with the capacity to be resilient, but resilience is actually a skill that you learn through your relationships and your experiences in life, throughout your life. So it's never too late to build your resilience, but often it's built, you know, from early childhood onwards. Um, and so, what they found is that the most important factor in the development of resilience are close relationships. That's very interesting. It Why? Is. Well, close relationships actually serve to build trust and they help foster, you know, positive self-concept. And they also provide models for skillful behavior, or skillful coping as well. So, you know, if you can imagine not having that growing up, you know, that you're at a disadvantage in terms of being able to develop resilience. Kind of like when you lose a soccer game as a kid and your dad's like, don't worry about it. Like, let's train. We'll train harder and we'll win the next one. Or you lose a running. You know, it's kind of like that's – you lost, but someone's saying to you, hey, let's train harder next time and let's work harder and try to win. Or, hey, we still did a great job next time. You know, it's kind of like building – okay, yeah, Matt, I can – Right. So, exactly. So, uh, our caregivers are the first people who are teaching us ways of coping with – failure and success and challenges, right? So if you're, if you don't have close relationships growing up, which some, unfortunately, some children don't have, or you do, but they're not effective model, you know, they're not modeling effective behaviors and you're learning ineffective or harmful behaviors to deal with challenges um, in life and stress in life, then that's going to impact your development of resilience. Um, so it's also, you know, if you're trying to build your resilience now, you, you really need to think about um, 
making sure that you've got, you're developing and putting that as a priority, developing those social connections and those close relationships with others. Um, Because there is even research to show that having close relationships, um, in particular partner, you know, partners in life can actually prevent physical and cognitive decline as you age as well. So it's, it's incredibly important. Mm. Um, So that would be, you know, number one. Um, The second really important thing, so I said self-belief, which is really about mindset. So So the close relationships one, that's about support. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, uh, well, support's one of the main things, right? Mm. Having support and giving support. Um, And then self-belief would be the second one. So self-belief is, you know, what exact backing yourself, believing that you can build your resilience, you know, you're much more likely to be able to build it if you believe that you can. Um, Knowing that um, whether you're experiencing change or uncertainty or pain in your life, that you will find a way to cope. Uh, Having an optimistic perspective, those are all parts, you know, an important part of building and being resilient. Is the self-belief part, does that relate very much to your core beliefs, which we spoke about in, in, in another episode? Well, you can see how if you have core beliefs, you know, that you're a failure or that you're worthless, that that's going to affect your, your level of resilience. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, the, you know, one thing that can actually help build your resilience within, you know, the mindset realm, and you might have heard that gratitude, how important gratitude is, it, there is research to show that it improves resilience and increases optimism. So just, you know, being really mindful every day of the things that, that you are grateful for, and that can be big things or little things, um, it actually tunes your mind into having a more optimistic perspective. You know who, you know, one way I do that, and like other, I'm sure people would have a bunch of ways, but I was talking to my nana once, and she said that, I asked her why she prays because she's from Mexico and she's very Catholic and, and so she prays a lot. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, why do you pray? And I don't know, a bit of a waste of time, though. <laughs> and she said, because it makes it gives me comfort mm-hmm. that those I pray about will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, it reminds me to be grateful for all the things that I'm caring enough about to, to need comfort for. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's so important. It's so cool. Like, Praying as a form of gratitude. And then I started praying and I still do. I try daily, but, but it not so praying, you know, for religious, I guess, belief, but praying for faith, praying for gratitude. Yeah. It's a form of reminder to, to think of the things that you're grateful for that day. Yeah. And what do you think, what impact has it had on you to do that? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I always think also God's on my side all the time, which is good, but, but, (laughs) you know, but, um, no, I, I think it's impacted me. Fantastically, I think it it reminds me daily to to say thank you. And when you also ask for things from the world mm-hmm. yourself, yeah, you all, very rarely do. You, is it a one way exchange? So very rarely will you be like, please God, let us get this um, CBD clubhouse. Let them choose us and let the contract happen. You'll never just say that. Mm-hmm. You'll always say. If you do that, I swear I will take every opportunity <laughs> to make the world a better place. I will help so many more people and I'll create so many more relationships. I will do good things for this world. You know, you're always giving back. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that if you are more in tune with what you're grateful for, it does make you want to um, release that into the world as well and, yeah. you know, release give kindness back. and give back. Yeah, yeah that's like, a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, like what we will often recommend is that people write, literally write down 
or, you know, praying is fine, but um, write down um, three things, three specific things, and that they're that different they every day for. that they're grateful for. And that can be, I had a great chicken sandwich, or it can be, I, you know, I'm really appreciative that I got to talk with my friend, you know, on the phone for half an hour today, or it could be, you know, yeah, the weather, it could be whatever you want it mm. to be, but that there are specific things. And so because you know that you're going to be writing that down at the end of the night, the whole day you're looking for things to be grateful for, right? Mm. So it's tuning your mind into that gratitude, optimistic mindset. Which you're is, training yourself. You're training your mind to be more focused on those things. And that can really help you build your resilience. So self-belief, really important. And then the last thing is skills. So the three factors that develop resilience, close relationships, mindset, geared towards optimism, and skills. So learning skills that will actually help you cope with the ups and downs of life effectively. Um, and that might be, um, you know, problem-solving skills. It might be communication skills. It might be, and, off, and mindfulness is a really important skill. In fact, I think it's actually a core skill in building resilience because it actually helps you cope with stress and improve your mindset and, and improve your relationships with others, which are all ingredients for building resilience. Do you feel that skills, so when you talk about skills, I guess you kind of described it as skills that enable you to, um, how did you say it? Skills that enable like cope you? With, cope. cope with things effectively. Yeah, but yeah. could you also say that skills could be like, better marketing skills, better, like, because you, yeah. know, when, you know when you learn more, you feel stronger. Yeah. When you have more skills, it's like when I do something I've never done, I now know how to do that thing. And mm -hmm. I feel better. I feel stronger and I, I have a greater sense of self-belief. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you're wanting to build your resilience in the workplace, then you want to learn skills that are going to help you feel like you can cope with the challenges of the workplace. Yeah. And the bigger the challenge, well, if I have more skills or if I, if I learn from that challenge, I obtain those skills and therefore I can handle a bigger challenge next time. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just, you know, challenges in a negative way. Like there's, ne right, there's negative challenges and I positive see. challenges and they both might cause stress. Yeah. I, I see, see every challenge as a, as, as a positive. Yeah. Well, like sometimes people view, you know, a lot of challenges can be very stressful. Like that's part of being challenged, yeah. right? It's causing some amount of stress. But people tend to think of, just like they think of sadness or anxiety or any kind of discomfort as negative, stress isn't negative either. You actually need a certain amount of stress to perform at your best, to feel motivated. Um, if, you, if you had zero stress, you wouldn't actually care to do anything, right? So we don't want to be at that really like nothing or low level of stress because that's really just apathy and disinterest. And we don't want to be at like a super high chronic level of stress where, you know, that can lead to overwhelm and burnout and all sorts of mental health issues. We want to be at like that, you know, sweet spot of stress mm. where, where you're challenging yourself. But it is nice to know stress has a purpose, which is to make us do our best. Yeah, it, it definitely can help us perform at our best, just like anxiety can. Mm. And so resilience, it is the ability to cope with life, um, it's it's it, anyone can can train it to make it better, and you do that by um, having close relationships around you, uh, creating a great core beliefs that give you a greater se sense of self belief. So having a great self belief in yourself, mm -hmm. um, and adding to your skills, whether they be life skills or work skills or whatever it is, these are ways that we can 
actually improve resilience and and why do you think resilience is important? Why does why do so many successful people have such a high resilience? What why is it such an important factor in uh, achieving uh, your goals? Well, I think um, people who are resilient have are able to do three things like very well. One is that they're very aware and self you know able and willing to be self reflective. Um, so. And also aware of others and aware of their circumstances and context. So, and they can do that in a non-judgmental way. That's kind of where mindfulness kind of kicks in in terms of being a core skill. Because mindfulness is just noticing what's going on inside of you and outside of you in a non-judgmental way. And if you can do that, you gain this kind of sense of awareness. And what that does is it helps you know what's going on, but also then the next thing is to be able to accept what's going on. So resilient people accept reality as it is instead of being really focused on how they wish it was or how they think it should be. They are able to just say, okay, this is, this is what it is. And embrace that. And just say, I mean, they might not like it and they might not think it's fair or good, but like it is what it is. You can't change reality. You have to, if you don't accept it fully, you can't actually do anything effective about it. And so what, what does then being resilient look like? How do you identify resilient traits in, in others? So I'd say someone who is able to ref- reflect non-judgmentally on themselves and others and whatever's going on around them. Someone who is able to accept reality exactly how it is. Someone who is able to uh, have an approach mindset. So being able to, you know, this idea of like approaching challenges rather than avoiding them and being able to do that as effectively and skillfully as possible and knowing that even if they are effective and skillful, that that doesn't necessarily lead to success. So resilient people understand risk. They understand risk, but they also understand that they're not in full control of a situation. You can still be the most, you know, skillful, effective person on earth, but you can't control how another person is going to respond to that. So you need to be able to accept that as well and also see the benefit of success and failure. Um, because if you like approach situations that are challenging and you don't fail, then you build confidence, right? In that of being able to manage that situation well. But if you do fail, then what you actually have the opportunity, opportunity to do is build resilience, right? And so it's a win-win and proposition. And therefore more confidence for right. the future. Right. That you know that you can cope no matter what. And so, you can appro- so you're not afraid of taking those risks and, and making mistakes or, you know, paralyzed by indecision because you're worried about, you know, is it, is it the right decision or the wrong decision? It's like, well, wh- whatever, regardless of the decision, I'm doing the best I can in terms of making the decision now. And I'll be able to cope with whatever the outcome of that is. Um, so yeah, so people who are resilient, they can problem solve more effectively. They can make decisions more readily. They can manage stress better. Um, they're more flexible and more able to adapt to change. Um, and they can perform well under pressure and, and they're also willing to accept some discomfort in their life and distress because that's part of the reality of life. And understand that that's normal. Exactly. And so... Uh, if one of the things that we can do to make ourselves more resilient is to have 
better close relationships or more close relationships mm-hmm. that provide us support. How can we be the other person on the other side? So mm-hmm. how can we be a close relationship for someone else um, and support them to be more resilient? Like how can we do that? So if you've got a team at work, how can yeah. you support your team to be more resilient? Yeah, I think that's a great question because um, there's ways of building your own resilience, but there's also ways of building the resilience of your colleagues or your team members or your employees. So, I mean, I think really it's about creating a work environment that's genuine and supportive and open um, because that's what's going to foster those positive relationships in your team and help build resilience. So, um I suppose the other thing is just lead by example as well, you know, that um, support other people openly and, and, and also ask for support. So that's normalized as well. That can be really helpful. In terms of like building your team's um, belief in themselves and um, helping them gain a more optimistic perspective, it can be really helpful to, you know, tr- you know, come up with some creative ways of building your team's self-worth at work. And that might be through giving them, you know, more opportunities for autonomy or um, leadership opportunities or having some reward and recognition practices in place at work that gives people that sense of, like, value and and praise and, you know, positive reinforcement that we all all benefit from and respond to. We actually have a weekly meeting called the culture meeting, Mm -hmm. which lots of people know about, uh, that does that. So each team member chooses their boss for the week. We call it boss because our team principles are belief, so like Mm self-belief, ownership and support, Mm -hmm. ironically. So a lot of these things that build resilience. That's fantastic. And and it's a BOS. So every Thursday, it was actually just this morning we did it. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone chooses their boss for the week. The person that they felt was the most cub, was the most ideal in terms of attributes to, for someone on our team. Mm-hmm. And you see that when people are doing a fan, like when people are making a difference, they're being noticed and they feel that. And then like a lot of people will vote for the same person some weeks because obviously that person's doing something that week that is just really, it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. And you can see how that builds. thing. But I also think that the ones who, like I got no votes today, <laughs> you know, and you can also be it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, I didn't get a vote today. But you know what? I wasn't being very outstanding. I was just doing regularly what I would regularly, regularly do. Yeah. Next week, I'm going to try and do something that's outstanding. I'm going to try and like support one of the, the big ones that everyone gets um, like voted in for. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll call people more next week and try to be like a bit nicer. Like maybe, you know, because it gives you something to, so even if you lose, you still yeah. want to win. You're yeah, trying you're working towards something. Yeah, I think that that it definitely like can have companies an could do like stuff that. like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then in terms of building skills, I mean, uh, you know, we've been talking about well-being and mental health. So you know, providing providing opportunities for your team members to build the skills that they actually need. So finding out what they need, and then finding ways to deliver that in the way that they need it. Um, so if we're talking about mental health and well-being, for instance, then you might do that by having your own well-being learning platform, for instance, or giving people access to webinars or workshops that give them, you know, the skills that they're actually looking for, asking for, things that will help them both personally and professionally. Because you know that um, think most of these skills will help them across 
their life, not just at work or at home. Well, it's kind of pretty easy if you think about it. If it's close relationships, self-belief, and skills, I mean, any team can do that. You can make the team – you should be focused on making your team have very strong bonds to be there for each other and to mm-hmm. care about each other. That I know that's not common, but it should be a priority. It's definitely a priority on our team. Um, you can uh, definitely do things that highlight members of the team regularly mm-hmm. that fuel their self-belief. As a leader, you can do it, but also as a team, you can do it. Like our culture meeting yeah. is a great example. And then skills. Yeah, allowing people the freedom to grow and to gain new skills that can make them better and stronger at work or in life. Yeah. It's really like it's, it could come quite naturally to a lot of teams to have a, t- a culture that supports resilience. Yeah, and the benefits of that are you've got happier, more content. Harder working. Harder working, more productive. Smarter. <laughs> yeah. More skills, More skillful, yeah. yeah. More skillful um, team members and employees who want to stay there. Because it makes them feel good. Yeah, I mean, I, when I don't know about you, but when I've when I've ever applied for a job or ha- have looked for a job, like workplace culture is number one priority for me. It always has been, and also, if it's not there, it's the the main thing that makes me not want to work for an organization or company is that lack of culture and and. What's interesting about that, that I found that even if like the people that I'm working directly with are fantastic, if I feel the leadership is not genuine in their uh, care of the people, either the employees or even the people that we're serving, uh, that filters down. You don't want to work for a leader like that. Even if the work that you're doing is great and the people that you're working with are great. You don't yeah. want to work with a leader who doesn't, who you feel is not genuinely interested in your mental health and well-being. And the culture is always a representation growth. of the leadership. You know, like even if the people there are nice people, there's going to be some sort of negative culture coming down from the top, which is going to impact the way that and, and human beings try to conform and to fit, to belong, you know, yeah. at, at the most part. So if that's the culture of the company that they're, they're going to have to adopt some elements of it in order to function within that particular community, which even if they're great people, they might be less, yeah. lesser versions of themselves. Well, they're not going to be as content because it does filter down. Um, and the research shows that, that employees un- really do the impact of the leadership filters down to employees and it affects their ability to learn and, and grow in their, in their positions. Ladies and gentlemen, build resilience in your team. For more information or to contact me to schedule a time to chat, just go to drlilliannejad.com. That's D-R-L-I-L-L-I-A-N-N-E-J-A-D.com. I look forward to it.